Welcome back to Breaking Up with Michaela Simuntry. That's me, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about breaking up, relationship advice, dating stories, and personal stories about some of the worst breakups, most embarrassing, or cringiest breakups of all time. So thank you for joining us today, and let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode. If you are a little confused by the title, I know I mentioned in my last week's episode that this week would be a guest episode, and that is still happening. I just pushed it back a week, so tune in next week for a really fun time. I'm trying to switch up the way that I do episodes with friends or guests, so it'll be new and hopefully refreshing and still interesting. However, as you also may notice by the title of this, oops, I forgot to turn off the sound on my laptop again. I am so sorry. Um, As you may also notice by the title of this podcast episode, I want to dive deeper into what I started to talk about at the end of last week's episode. If you listened, I did kind of touch on a um, lesbian YouTuber that I love so much and the book that she wrote that I recently read and kind of highlighting more about LGBTQ plus relationships and love and talking more about that in this podcast, which I've come to realize was lacking. And I say this every time I bring it up, but I am so sorry. And it wasn't my intention at all. And I am so much more than just these limited heterosexual experiences that I feel comfortable sharing on this platform. So I want to get better at really embedding other types of, like all types of relationships on this because yes, this is a dating and relationship podcast and up until now I was only sharing experiences with guys and I thought it would be fun and entertaining to learn more about me and have guests on and share their experiences with boyfriends and their husbands and I didn't realize that my friendships for the most part were primarily just heterosexual relationships as well. So, I didn't want my podcast to come off that way, and I'm trying to find ways to integrate other LGBTQ relationships as well. So last week, I was talking a little bit about this book that I love and this YouTuber and this relationship that she was in with a girl, and I started to open up about it, and then I kind of just ended the episode. Like, I don't think it sounded abrupt, but looking back once I finished recording, I was thinking, wow, there's so much more I wanted to say that for some reason I didn't. And I started to take notes on what I wanted to mention next time. So I really felt this urge to just make a full episode all about like the LGBTQ relationships and YouTubers that I've discovered and talk more about the like spectrum of sexuality and sexuality as a whole and really deep dive into this a lot more than I have on other platforms that I use. I know that with Pride Month, I was a little bit more open on my Instagram about certain things, and I've mentioned in a few YouTube videos kind of like my views on the spectrum of sexuality and kind of like where I stand and stuff. So I know some of this might have been touched upon in the past, but I haven't really talked about it on this podcast before, and there's a lot that I feel like I share, but maybe not collectively as a whole, like in one place. So that's what I want to do today. And then to make this a little bit more um, integrating, 
I wrote down a list of my favorite LGBTQ YouTubers that I could think of. So if you're looking for creators that talk more about that um, topic or certain topics, hopefully this can help you. And then I just have a few other random notes as well that I wrote down about anything and all things that I may have kind of touched upon or like mentioned the topic of already. But yeah, that's what today's episode is going to be. I know I've already received wonderful feedback about the small segment that I mentioned in last week's episode, which makes me so happy and it makes me feel like what I'm doing is right. And I just want to keep like trying to be better on this platform and really focus on all types of love, like I keep mentioning. So thank you so much for listening, and I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Please let me know if you do, and please let me know if there's any other topics or things that you'd like me to talk about, because I always try to listen to my viewers or listeners, um, especially on this platform, because my podcast is my latest and like newest little baby that I've made. And because it's so new, I sometimes forget that people are on the other end, if that makes sense. Like, I've had to work six years on my YouTube channel to kind of get to where I am now. And even where I am now, I know I have so much more to do and grow and be on that platform, but it's a lot easier to see the feedback. It's a lot easier on YouTube to, like, realize, oh, people are watching. There are people there that hear me. Whereas with this podcast, I sort of just record alone in my apartment, hit upload, and then that's it. So, it's easy for me to feel like no one's listening and I'm always so surprised when people do. Like, yes, I have an analytics page for my podcast and I can see the numbers, but it's really reassuring when those numbers become more than just numbers and I see the feedback and people DM me and I just, I don't know, I'm always so surprised when people say like, I love your podcast because in my mind I'm like, oh, who's going to listen to me? So I just am really, really grateful that there are people that love it and listen and are here for me. So thank you so much because I really appreciate that. All right. So let me set the scene a little bit for you because I started to record podcasts like the night before I would upload them just so they're in like real time and I can give you a weekly update on my life. But currently it is Saturday, July 25th. I'm still in my PJs at 1 p.m. And by PJs, I'm in like an oversized t-shirt and booty shorts because it is so hot in Minnesota right now. And I had to turn off the AC so that you wouldn't hear it when I record. So I'm just going to be sweating in my office this whole time, which is totally fine. I'd rather be sweating than freezing. Um, I have zit cream all over my face because <laughs> I'm breaking out. And I know it's like an overnight zit cream, but I'm home alone for the most of today, so I just have it on to help, hopefully. So I know usually I record like during the week, like I mentioned, and it's only been what three days since I last recorded, but like I mentioned, I just cannot get this out of my head. Like, I have so many thoughts right now in my mind. I have to record this. I have so many sticky notes in front of me of random little like ideas, notes, people to mention that I really want to talk about. And it felt right. Like, I, I'm starting to take weekends, quote-unquote, off. I know if you follow me on Instagram, I say that in stories because during the weekdays, I've really, well, weekends too now, I've really learned to 
structure my work and my time, which has been so life-changing for me. I used to be someone who works nonstop. There's always something to do when you are self-employed. You never like hit the end of the week and then feel like, well, I'm out of work until Monday. Like there's always something that I can do, which is great because I am very creative and need that outlet to keep going. But it can be so draining when people invite you to hang out or you have plans and there's something in the back of your mind telling you like, oh, but you could stay home and edit. You could stay home and work on this or that. So I've created more of like a structure where during the weekdays, I get a lot of OnlyFans promo requests, which is wonderful. And it's been such a cool stream of income for me and a way to help new creators out there that want to build that platform. So because it can be very demanding and people reach out every single day for that, and it's a lot of back and forth messaging and setting up the promo, I've structured it to only like accept and do promos Mondays through Fridays just to give me a break. Um, and then weekends are a time for me to really reset and focus on my personal life, cleaning my apartment, doing laundry, like any of the typical, I think, chores that people tend to do on weekends. I'm starting to designate some time to do on weekends. Um, and I try to only edit like YouTube videos Monday to Wednesday, which crunch time, oh my gosh, when it comes to Wednesday night, because I upload YouTube videos Thursday. And I also upload a podcast episode on Thursday. So then Wednesday nights, I typically record that as well. Uh, yeah, so it seems like a lot, but I've really found like certain days to do certain work, if that makes sense. And it's been really helpful for me in my mind and allowing me to like take breaks and telling myself it's okay not to do anything on the weekends or not set an alarm. Like I set a 9am alarm weekdays and I'm really letting myself wake up naturally on weekends, which is funny because I typically wake up at 9 to 10 anyway, but it's such a different feeling when you choose to get out of bed rather than like making yourself get out of bed to make money. And I've really learned to just slow down on weekends. Like this morning, I just, instead of sitting at my desk with my coffee and starting work, I was sitting up in bed watching YouTube and drinking my coffee, reading a little bit. And it it's nice to feel like I have weekends back as a self-employed person. Uh, so, wow, I went on a huge tangent there. But Yeah, that's kind of what I am doing to switch up my work schedule and allow myself to feel like it's okay to take breaks. Even though I'm still technically working on weekends, I usually start editing or cutting down on raw footage for videos on weekends. I plan out videos or podcast episodes. I'm replying to comments or working on my own OnlyFans. Like, I'm still working, but I'm not doing as much and I find time in between to kind of figure out what would work best on what day. So it's very strange for me on a Saturday to sit down and record a podcast episode because I typically wouldn't let myself do this. I would wait until the weekday, Uh, but I just can't wait because I'm covered in sticky notes on things to say and my mind is just overflowing and I feel like this is so important. And the message that I got last night on Snapchat from someone who was so happy with what I mentioned in my podcast episode, just mentioning like, a lesbian relationship alone like it makes me feel like I have to do this now because yes like that's so important and that feedback just really emphasized that I have these thoughts right now in my mind on what I want to say and currently they are so strong and sharp I don't want to wait until Wednesday night when I typically record and wonder if they won't be as prevalent or in 
the forethought of my memory, if that makes sense. Um, so it's fresh and it's in my mind kind of urgent because when I stopped recording just three nights ago, you know, like I mentioned, I had so much more to say and it was so late that night and I almost recorded this right away afterwards, which I'm glad I didn't because there's so much more I thought of these last few days to mention. So yeah, it's just the time is now. So we are going to get chatting about discovering like I guess the note, I mean, the note that I have down is discovering the gay side of YouTube. And I kind of also want to mention like TikTok too, now that I think about it, and then the sexuality spectrum. So we have a lot of topics to get into, and I am so excited to finally just like open up more with you on this platform and really share what I've learned and my thoughts on certain things. Before we do, let's take a quick break and then we'll jump right in. In case you didn't know, this podcast officially has merch. If you like the Breaking Up podcast logo, then you'll love the hoodies, t-shirts, phone cases, mugs, socks, like you name it, that we have available for purchase. I felt super inspired by my creation of the logo with the hand squeezing the heart that I wanted to make some collections of merchandise, so definitely check it out. I tried really hard to design something for everyone, so there are a lot of options, colors, sizes, styles. We have pastels. We have an After Dark collection of just all black with white text and logo for more of a minimal or emo vibe, which I love. Some have the logo printed small and subtle and other pieces have it in the middle. I just really tried to find something that anyone and everyone could enjoy. Definitely check it out and see for yourself. You can shop the Breaking Up merchandise at teespring.com store slash Michaela dash or I know it's a lot easier to just click a link, so that will be in the podcast description as well. You can also find it on my YouTube channel as well, and even on the podcast's Instagram at breakingup underscore podcast in the description of that account. I have a coupon code for you listeners too, so if you use the code BREAKINGUP in all caps, you'll receive 15% off of your total purchase. This is another great way to show your support of the podcast. Even if you just give it a glance, I'd really appreciate it, so go check out my merch. This podcast wouldn't be made possible without listeners like you. And if you want to get more involved to help support the show, you can go to anchor.fm slash and click the support button. It only takes a couple seconds, but your donation can really help sustain the future of this podcast. So if you want to support the show and get more involved, consider becoming a listener supporter today. All right, we are back. Let's just jump right into it, like I said, because there's so much I want to say, and I want to try to stay pretty, what's the word, organized with my thoughts and structured in this episode and not feel like I'm bouncing all over the place with certain thoughts, but hopefully it doesn't turn into that, fingers crossed, and stay with me if I get a little rambly, because hopefully I'll remember the point and get back on track. I want to start with kind of my thoughts on sexuality as a whole and the sexuality spectrum and kind of like labels and all of that because there are so many faucets to just like the acronym. Is that the right? Oh my gosh. I'm losing everything that school has taught me. Um, 
everything that goes into like LGBTQ plus and what those stand for. But just to kind of like zoom out even more to like a very, very broad idea to start with, sexuality as a whole and the sexuality spectrum. So I think I've mentioned this a couple times and I've always kind of answered this question with this phrase. So I've been asked for like, it's, why am I stuttering right now? It's like I'm getting nervous, but whenever people ask me what my sexuality is, I've always kind of just said, oh, you know, like, it's a spectrum, so it can fluctuate, but I identify mostly as heterosexual. And one time I said this and this girl was like, geez, that's so much. Just tell me if you're straight or gay. (laughs) And um, she's right. But also labels to me have always felt so limiting. And I know for some people it can be so freeing and like you just finally found what works for you and feel such a connection to that label, which is wonderful to kind of really find something that you identify with. But for me, it's always kind of felt the opposite, like very, very suffocating almost like, oh, I I don't want to be restricted to just this. I don't want people to just hear me say this and then think, oh, so she is this way. And I, to keep it simple, I guess have just been like, oh yeah, you know, so it's whatever, but it is a spectrum and like all spectrums, things can change and things can shift and some days it could balance on one side more than the other. So although it is a constantly flowing, changing spectrum of sexuality, sometimes it can just tip a little more to one side. So it's easy for me to say, you know, I identify mostly as heterosexual, but like all things, you know, that can kind of shift and it might be like 90 to 10 one day, 50-50 the other, or 40-60. But uh, that's kind of always kind of been my go-to response and idea, I guess, on it. And when I say always, I guess I really mean since like college when I really started to educate myself on sexuality. I don't know if I mentioned this a lot, but I was raised primarily in a super Catholic environment and household for about half of my life. We became Catholic when I was in third grade. So before that, we were Lutheran. Both are different types of Christianity, and Christianity as a whole kind of has certain views. Um, And then Catholicism has very strict, more, I don't want to say traditional, but like old-fashioned views on a lot of topics. And so the Catholic Church, for I mean, I don't know a lot now because I am not an active member. I know my family is and my parents are, and that's how they raised me. Um, So I don't want to get anything incorrect if I just try to quote Catholicism, but based on like my religious upbringing and what my family kind of like pushed down my throat, homosexuality was, um, I didn't learn a lot about it growing up. It was always something kind of like seen as negative in my parents' eyes. And it can be super frustrating to talk about now with them. So I was always kind of raised in this household believing that it was a sin and bad and not okay and not quote unquote like natural. 
and it hurts me to even like say this out loud because it's not what I believe at all and it's so painful to even think that as a child like this is what I was told and because of that my mind was forming ideas about it um so that was kind of like my sheltered upbringing on it and I knew that the church was wrong on in that sense I don't want to like offend anybody either this is becoming kind of I'm realizing how difficult it is to talk about this because I have so many things I want to say but I also want to be inclusive to my listeners and try not to offend anybody but um yeah so I'd say I started to really learn about sexuality and the acceptance of it when I started college or more towards the end of high school like junior senior year and it's not that I was anti anything it's just I was in such a bubble and nobody in my friend group or my life was openly out with their sexuality, so I didn't have anybody to educate me or to show me how okay and normal it was. All I had were like my forming teenage thoughts on my own coming of age, you know, growing pains I was going through, and then my parents and what they believed and what they told me. And... I mean, my parents also told me not to have sex until you're married because it's like a sin and all this stuff. So, and I kind of realized as I got older that, you know, I'll probably still get into heaven whether or not I have sex before marriage. Um, And that's God's choice if there is a God. Like, oh, I don't want to offend anybody. But yeah, (laughs) Um, basically when you grow up, you kind of realize and you have the opportunity to take what you were taught by your parents and determine whether or not you still believe that and whether or not you think your parents were right or wrong and be able to form your own opinions on things and become your own person and that's part of just growing up so um yeah so (laughs) back to what I was trying to say uh when I mention how I always answer with how I identify I think it really stemmed from 2013, 14, 15 and onward as formative years for me to really realize how normal homosexuality is and anything that falls into that and that it's okay and figuring out kind of where I fit as well into that world. So now that we've kind of gone over the spectrum aspect and my thoughts on that because I I also, I don't believe anybody is, like, fully straight. Like, it's so a spectrum. Even with my parents. I mean, we've come a long way since when I was a kid. And there's just no way. I mean, I'm going to say this lightly, but I think everyone's just, like, a little bit gay because that's a spectrum. Even if it's, like, 0.01%. Who knows? I mean, aren't we all just, like, a little gay sometimes? (laughs) I mean, that's so lightly because... Never say never, but also because it is a spectrum. Like, yeah, I just don't think anybody is completely not. It You could be, like, 99.999999% sure of something, but the possibility... I don't know. I just think it's, it's not, like, in our nature to put ourselves into a box. And because it is a spectrum, it's always a possibility, and I just... Yeah, okay. I thought I had more to say about that, but (laughs) I guess not. So now that we kind of gone over the spectrum and sexuality as a whole and kind of how I respond to that and 
kind of like identify i feel like it's easier just i i don't know how i was so open about it in this one youtube video like a year ago but yeah did i even answer it correctly see now i'm rambling and i'm worried i'm forgetting to say certain things but what i was what i wanted to make sure i made clear was that although i identify mostly on the heterosexual side of the spectrum I don't consider myself heterosexual. Like, I don't consider myself homosexual or lesbian or gay or, like, any term or pansexual or whatever, but I think it's a spectrum and we all kind of just float through it sometimes. So, I am not a fan of labels and I'm so, so, I mean, I think I still have so much space to grow, but at this point in my life, I am so comfortable and confident in my own sexuality that I never feel the need to have to like prove it to someone or give myself a label because I know who I love and how I love and what I'm attracted to and in my mind love has no gender love has no genders so by giving myself like a specific gender to love it feels very limiting when I tend to kind of fall in love with people And I know I've said this before and I've gotten comments on videos being like, oh, so you're pan. But no, I don't think I'm pansexual and I don't like that label because it just makes me feel like a frying pan, which I know it's not. But, and that's my thing about labels too. It's like, I don't want to just be that because then it feels like, what if I, I don't know. That's just my thought. So I hope that kind of explains where I am. And that's kind of why me realizing that I was only talking about heterosexual relationship experiences that I've had or guests on or advice was super frustrating because it didn't feel like me at all. I just realized that's what I'm most comfortable with talking about. So of course, that's what I'm going to mention on this dating podcast, but I am so much more open and involved in other topics and I am a active participant or listener of other platforms, users in different types of relationships. So it did just make me want to have this conversation with you. And I hope this is making sense and me not kind of like tiptoeing around anything because I really don't feel like I am. And if we ever chat in person, oh my God, I am so open about this. But because my podcast is kind of like a blind platform where I really don't know who's listening, um, I just have to be a little bit more careful with that. But yeah, if we ever chat one-on-one or in person, girl, hit me up. Like, (laughs) I am an open book. So, all of this said, I want to, let's dive into more of, like, how I got to this point, I guess, with how comfortable and confident I am and everything that I've kind of learned later on in life in, like, my late teen years and early 20s after high school in terms of sexuality and realizing how okay certain things were that I might have been um, sheltered by, I guess, growing up. So, I mentioned this in my last week's episode about the book that I was reading called Girl Heart Girl by Lucy Scutliffe. I don't know how to say her last name because online she goes by her middle name, Lucy Elizabeth, so I've always just known her as that. But I mentioned a little bit how she was one of the first, like, lesbian relationship couple YouTuber that I discovered on YouTube back in, I want to say 2014. And I just remember 
discovering that channel, binging it, watching every single video. It took me a couple days, but I got through it. And those days were like kind of like confusing because I was like, why do I love them so much? Why can I not stop watching? And I remember I was Snapchatting my high school best friend at the time, even though this was my freshman year of college. And being like, I can't stop watching these lesbian YouTubers and then sending her a snap being like, am I gay? (laughs) And she screenshotted it. And what's scary is that screenshot kind of freaked me out because I'm like, oh, what if she like, why did she do that to like use against me? Or it like made me insecure about my own sexuality a little bit. And I think that kind of just shows some underlying um, fears on where I stood on the spectrum of sexuality, really, because I was still in, I wasn't as confident, I guess, as I am now. But yeah, I kind of want to dive more into that discovery. And I wish I remembered how I discovered them because Kaylin and Lucy, and I didn't mention this before in last week's episode, they are no longer together. They broke up in 2016. But Kaylin and Lucy were the first YouTube girl-on-girl couple that I found my freshman year of college, and I wish I remembered how. They both had Tumblrs, and this was still, it was like the end of the Tumblr era, RIP. Um, And I just remember being so in love with their content. So they really rose to YouTube success because they were a long-distance couple, and they met through Tumblr um, when Lucy was only like 17 and Kaylin was in her early 20s and they talked on Tumblr and emailed back and forth for a full year before they actually met in person and then for four years while they were both in school they did long distance. Lucy's from the UK and Kaylin is from well Michigan but she was in St. Kitts for school and stuff but yeah they were living on opposite ends of the world to think about like the time changes and the fact that they were dating for a year without even meeting each other and the commitment of four years long distance before they finally moved in together people fell in love with that story they fell in love with the fact that they met over tumblr that they were so committed and such a big role model not only for like lgbt relationships but long distance and finding ways to do it and they had a youtube channel of followers that would count down with them and they would go like six months sometimes in between seeing each other because of their worlds you know and how they were both in school and i assume too like prices of flights and all of that so you would watch you'd fall in love with these like travel montages that they would make when they would visit each other and the heartwarming and heartbreaking airport welcomes and goodbyes that they would have and that's kind of I think what really made their channel so successful is because they had such a wonderful story and they were so good for each other and they were both it was both of theirs at least Lucy I don't want to like completely I don't I would have to freshen up but I think it was both of their first um relationship with a woman so kind of like creating like content on coming out but then content on their relationship content on long distance content on like just like meeting in an airport like they had such a cool wave of youtube videos that made them so addicting and made you really really love them and it was such a heartwarming channel i know that now youtube can feel so saturated with content and a lot of creators create things that 
are trendy or don't feel like as deep. And what's wonderful about this era of YouTube and kind of like creators that have been there a long time is that nobody was doing it for the money. Nobody was doing it for fame. I mean, Kaylin and Lucy used to just send each other these private videos that they would make. And then one day Lucy just left theirs on public and it blew up overnight. And that's kind of when they were like, wow, we should really help other girls that are struggling and talk more about our stories. And so they fell into this role model kind of like place where they realized they could help each other or help other people and change a lot of young girls' lives and guys too. I don't want to limit that, but just because I I think a lot of young girls in the closet saw them as role models to turn to and they just completely went above and beyond this new role model position that they were in and they made a promise to respond to every single message, comment, email, letter that they received in the mail. They were great and it led to so many opportunities. They were on covers of magazines. They worked with different um, like Awesomeness TV. They were able, they had meetups in the UK, I think in Chicago and Michigan and um, probably Arizona too. Like they were on this big road to success um, from such a natural place, you know, not wanting the money, not wanting the fame, just wanting to help people and just kind of like documenting their own relationship online and people finding that and following like they didn't really try to gain followers it just happened because of what they were doing so organically already which is wonderful um so after like six years of being together when they broke up in 2016 it was obviously super heartbreaking and then their channel the channel still exists if you look up Kaylin and Lucy, but all of their videos are now privated and they've moved on with their lives and Kaylin's no longer in the like influencer world and Lucy has moved on to more like film structured content and she wrote a book and she's just doing her thing. So it is kind of sad to have that like end of an era, but they taught me a lot and they opened doors to this whole other world of YouTubers that I didn't know were even out there at age 18, 19. And so I thank them for that. And I still follow them and I still, whatever they are open to letting me see as a follower online, I support them and it's still great that like I want them to be happy. And I feel so weird saying that because I'm such a fan, but I do. And I, it's really, um, I'm really curious to know if anybody else knows who I'm talking about because this was, I mean, they started dating over 10 years ago, but it, it's starting to be so long ago. And I just wonder if there's any other OG people out there that remember these golden days of (laughs) YouTubers. And because I found them, and like I mentioned, they opened doors to other, like, LGBTQ YouTubers and influencers out there, I started to discover this whole other niche of lesbian YouTubers that I just fell so in love with um, because they would collaborate with other couples and then I would find those channels and it really did just instantly normalize something that I had never been exposed to growing up because of my sheltered upbringing by my parents, like I mentioned. And I will say there might have been like a 10 second introduction, I guess, to their content where I was like, it felt kind of taboo. And then it, someone, it was like someone just popped that bubble and I was just free suddenly. And I was like, wow, there is nothing wrong with this. 
They are so happy. It is so like, how could this be a problem when they are just trying to love who they love? And keep in mind, when I discovered this, gay marriage wasn't even legalized in most most states yet. So some of their videos, I went back and found some montages after I recorded my last podcast episode because I was like, oh, Kaylin and Lucy, I miss them. So luckily some fans had some like best moments of them together in a montage and I would watch it. And they've mentioned a few times how they wanted to get married and how they like, you know, it wasn't legalized yet. So they would have to like go to a certain state or just like wait, like hopefully someday we can get married. I completely like forgot how recent that was. Like gay marriage was only legalized a handful of years ago, like four years ago, I think at this point, which is nothing. So That was another thing that I remembered looking back on these YouTubers that I discovered in like 2014 and 15 in that era is that there was still so much work that had to be done um, just in the whole pride movement and LGBTQ movement and all of that. Just like there still is, I think, but it's just crazy (laughs) because it feels almost like a different world looking back. But I want to get into some other YouTubers that I've discovered through Kaylin and Lucy if you are interested and need some people to look up. Some of these, unfortunately, are no longer, like, these couples are no longer together, but I feel like they're still important to mention because of where they are today. Um, But the first ever couple that I found after Kaylin and Lucy, I remember so clearly because they collabed with them. And I, again, just, like, felt such a connection and so in love with them is Shannon and Cammie. Um, I'm sure a lot of people remember them. Their channel, which is now just Shannon's channel, is now This Is Living. And they created very similar content to Kaylin and Lucy. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think they also met on Tumblr. I know they both had Tumblrs, too. And they were also long distance. So, very similar story. And I should mention that both of these couples are femme couples. And I mention this because because of the shelteredness that I grew up in, it was very eye-opening for me to see people that, I don't want to say look like me, but like I felt more of a connection with that were liking girls and like, like having that relationship. And I was like, wow, like this, again, it suddenly became so much more normalized. And like I also mentioned, nobody in my life was really out at this time. Like, there were even some friends in my friend group in high school that may be out now, but nobody came out in high school at that time. It was very rare. And I feel like we're getting a lot better at that. And even like grades two or three grades below me in my high school, I would hear kind of through like my high school grapevine, because I went to a very small high school, people would come out in like ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th, whatever. And it became a lot more common. I don't think there was a certain, like a, I don't think there was even like one person in my high school senior year that publicly came out. There might have been one or two people that have told close friends, but it, it was still, it it was a different world in 2013, 2014 to where we are now. So to see these femme relationships on YouTube, I just had never seen that before. So it was very eye-opening and addictive content for me to absorb and learn about, but then also to have it so normalized and realize that it is 
like super common and just normal and it's fine. So this was all like a really big lesson for me. So Shannon and Cami, now this is Living, was their channel name. Similar couples to Kayla and Lucy, great content, similar origin story. I went back and watched the very first video and it was just Shannon saying that she was coming out in college and she wanted to make videos to help girls that are struggling with their sexuality or to come out and that it's okay and that she's she did it and she's okay and you're going to be okay and kind of that, which I love because again, it shows that nobody is out here chasing fame. They are just trying to help others and the internet can be such a great platform for people that are struggling to feel less alone because you will, no matter what you're struggling with, I guarantee you will find somebody online that is going through the exact same thing to help you. And it's really thanks to people like Shannon and Cammie or Kaylin and Lucy and whatever content you're looking for that really just started back in the day, like 2010, posting a grainy webcam photo booth five-minute video being like, hey, I've struggled a lot. Here's my story and now I'm okay. You can come to me if you need help. Here are my links. And it's just so wonderful. So they also broke up, Shannon and Cammie, not long after Kaylin and Lucy, I think. It might have been a year later. It's kind of hazy, but they were also this like couple that I loved so much that moved in together after a long distance and they moved to LA and they just seemed perfect. And then when they broke up, it was also heartbreaking. But what's nice about them is they both decided to kind of stay in that role. Um, I hate the word influencer, but like as a content creator. So they both now have their channels. Cammie Scott is Cammie's channel. And then now This Is Living is still Shannon's Shannon's channel. Um, so you can definitely check them out. They still make wonderful content. It's interesting because I think for the most part, they kind of overlap on the same friendships or friend groups in LA. And we all know how small like the lesbian friend groups or just dating pool as a whole can be. So they still, I've seen them in videos together. I've seen them at certain events. So I think they're on good terms. Um, and they've, they've both dated other people like in the same group as well. And they seem super happy and just like grown so much from when I first discovered them, which is crazy cool to kind of watch evolve and see. Um, and then because they moved to LA and they both stayed in that public image and created content, those two really opened up major gates to a flood of other LGBT YouTubers. And I know I keep saying LGBTQ, but then only mentioning lesbians. And it's because I just, I have others, I promise, but I just want to get through like this, I guess, branch first, (laughs) and then we'll move on to other branches of the tree. Um, Rose and Rosie. I also wanted to mention them. They, I also discovered them through like that era of just Kaylin and Lucy and Shannon and Cammie. I think they did a big collab all together, like a long distance collab. Actually, it might've been in person because Lucy's also from the UK, but um, they are, I don't know exactly where in the UK, but they're they're out there <laughs> um, and they're married now and they're so wonderful. Rose and Rosie are so sweet. They're super funny. I love their videos. Their voices are so soothing and they have a wonderful YouTube channel that is still like, they've been doing this for, I think, like, 
10 years maybe like a long time and they I recently heard them say this on a podcast because they were on a friend's podcast which I will mention later but they said that they started making videos together like right after they met and they didn't even think about it in the sense that like oh we're a couple online it was just YouTube was so different back then and there wasn't that pressure especially when you're just getting started so they luckily have like videos of when they just started dating to now they've been married and they're trying to start a family they just went through a miscarriage during um quarantine so i know it's been really difficult but it's really cool to kind of watch that journey and see them grow up this last decade and again normalize a relationship where they live in such a small town in the uk and they don't have a lot of other, at least, lesbian creators to collab with. So I'm really glad they are kind of giving light on this topic from across from across the pond. <laughs> um, so they're also wonderful, and they're such OG YouTubers. I hope they never stop creating videos because I love them so much. I know they're kind of on a hiatus right now because of just everything that they're going through, but they're so sweet, and I love them so much. And... I saw the actually I saw a lot of these people at VidCon a few years ago. I don't know if I said hi to anyone because I was super nervous, but it was cool to like see them from a distance. <laughs> like hi. Um So what I was getting back what I was about to say before kind of interrupting about Rose and Rosie is after Shannon and Cammy broke up because they both lived in LA they started collabing with a ton of other YouTubers. And this is where I really discovered like a huge community of LGBTQ YouTubers on YouTube and just falling in love with their friendships or their friend groups and other creators that are making similar content or humor content and stuff like that. So another big kind of player, I guess, in this is Amy Ordman. And I don't know if I discovered her channel specifically for sexuality because she makes a ton of different kind of like funny, humorous content. She's originally Australian and she lives in LA and she is friends with, you know, everyone that I've mentioned so far. She's actually the co-creator of the podcast that I mentioned too that Rose and Rosie were on. Amy Ordman and Jack Dodge have a podcast called Dating Straight. Um, They're both gay and they originally wanted to interview straight couples so that's why it's called dating straight but really they just had all their friends on and all their friends are gay so it's really they always mention how it's like supposed to be a straight podcast and they only talk about gay relationships which is wonderful and it's so funny and I highly recommend that you check out that podcast but Amy Ordman she's another just wonderful YouTuber who makes such funny videos and she currently just is thriving in her apartment with two cats or no she has like three now So, as you can imagine, I really relate to her on that level, (laughs) Um, but she is friends with Joanna, I think her last name is, oh, I don't remember, Joanna is, she, Joanna identifies as bisexual, and she also creates YouTube videos, which I love, and then, of course, Alexis Gizal, which I've actually watched since this girl was, like, a fetus, like, a child, Um, I found her back when I was just starting YouTube in like 2015 and she didn't come out for I think like two or three years until after that but I followed her for more of her comedy skits and just other videos not really for sexuality and now that she is in her early 20s and kind of grown up her channel has shifted more to focus on um, skits about different stigmas or things that 
people that identify as LGBTQ go through in more of a humor-based sketch to shed some light on certain topics. And they're all highly produced. They're all so wonderful. So I highly recommend checking out her content. She's become a really great kind of like role model too in that realm of certain topics. So her stuff is wonderful. And then, of course, Rebecca Black, been loving her YouTube channel since literally, I think, junior year of high school. I know she was kind of like the butt end of a never-ending joke, it seems like, since she was 13. But luckily, she uh, kind of like accepted her role as that person on YouTube and just made her own channel and started uploading singing videos as she grew and matured and vlogs and she became a YouTuber and I've been watching her for a long time. I've always felt super connected to her because we're the same age. I think we kind of looked similar growing up. I had a love for singing and she obviously did too. So I'll and we're both Gemini's. Our birthdays are like a, a few days off. So I always felt super connected to her and I I mean, I don't want to say like I knew because <laughs> I feel like that can be very problematic for people, but she did I don't think she was like trying to hide it. I just don't think she like made a statement about it until this last June, if that makes sense. But she recently came out as well as queer. Um, So I can include her in this list of some of my favorite LGBTQ YouTubers and creators. She, I mean, do I even have to explain who she is or what she stands for? Because she's amazing and her content's great and everyone I think knows at least her name. So if it's been like a decade since you've checked up on her, Maybe check up on Rebecca Black because she's killing it lately online and I love her videos and her music is great. So highly recommend. She's also like in the same friend group as like Amy and Joanna and Alexis and all of that. And then of course, who, like, how could I forget? Not like I forgot her, but I saved her for last. The queen, Andrea Russett. I think any OG YouTuber fangirl knows who Andrea Russett is. If you search Tumblr girls, she pops up. I mean, I think she's, she's peaked (laughs) and she really was. She just was, she rose to fame pretty early on, like YouTube fame and just recognition. So she's been in the public eye since she was a tiny little teenager to now. And she is also, I'm pretty sure she's a Gemini. If she's not, she's on the cusp because her birthday is like right around mine as well. And her story, I don't want this to feel like I'm speaking on behalf of them. I just really want to give a little introduction to these creators in case you don't know who they are so that you can go like find them after this. But she was actually, Andrea was actually outed by her best friend at the time, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. I don't know if it's been that long already, but yeah, she was outed by her friend or forced to come out. Um, And there was, you know, some drama online around this and it, definitely sucks and hurts that this is kind of what happened for her. But I mean, Andrea is amazing and she's so strong and I know that she tends to get kind of involved into drama from here to there, but I stand. I love her (laughs) and I'll always support her. So uh, she came out as bisexual amongst this drama with her ex-best friend and kind of what was going on at this time. But since then, she also just rose to the occasion and like has become a great person or influencer in this position and just really, again, normalize this and shows you like how okay it is. And I don't know, I don't want to like keep repeating that because I, 
I don't want it to sound like I'm like trying to tell myself this, but I, I'm just thinking of my younger self in high school and how forced to be in a bubble I was by my upbringing that for that slight moment where I discovered like this whole world of girls that liked girls, it took me like a second to realize that, yeah, this is normal. This is okay. So if there's anybody like that out there, I'm really just trying to speak to my younger self in this episode. Um, and that's why I've been saying that. So I hope that makes sense. But she's great. Um, we love her. I don't think there's more to say about that. I did want to mention the Miles Chronic or Miles Chronicle. I guess I should have looked up the actual username. But the Miles Chronicles, if you are also like literally a YouTube viewer since before 2010, you may recognize the name The Amanda Chronicles because that's what this um, YouTuber used to go by. She, he has been on YouTube for years and then more recently came out as trans and changed the channel to Miles Chronic or the Miles Chronicles and goes by Miles now. And he makes wonderful content as well. It's also, I think he might have been the first trans YouTuber influencer that I watched and kind of followed that journey. I know that Trevor Moran also came out as trans and I... I don't watch Trevor Moran, so I'm so sorry that because I'm not really up to date. I don't know what he or she goes by now, and I don't really know if that's still the channel name either. So I just saw a article pop up on Twitter about it. So I don't want to mention too much on that because I'm not educated on that, and I don't want to say anything incorrect. I just don't know that own person's journey. But I am a little bit more educated on Miles because I've watched those videos and Miles is kind of in and out of this friend group. I think that he dated somebody and now they're not together, so they're not really as involved in the friend group anymore. I don't really know, but um, I also recommend checking out that channel because I wanted to make sure that I included as many people that fit under LGBTQ as possible in this list of favorite YouTubers. So, I wish I had more. I have this one TikTok girl named Allison Beck, who's trans, and she is amazing. I love her TikToks, so if you want to check that out, highly recommend. Um, I have my most recent favorite bisexual YouTuber as well. Her name is Georgia Bridgers, and you may recognize that name if you're kind of in this niche of community as well, because about two years ago, her video she had like 2000 subscribers super small channel and then she uploaded a video with her mom titled asking my mom like questions about being bi or something like that and it was so funny and that video went that video went viral it has like two or three million views now but it hit a million views like so quick after she uploaded it and that's how i discovered her channel back when she only had 2000 viewers or subscribers And I subscribed and now, I mean, she has hundreds of thousands and she's friends with like Jesse Page and Kira Graves and all of this. So she has found her like spot, I guess, in the community and this is now her full-time job and it's so wonderful. But yeah, so she kind of rose to fame with that video where her mom asked her questions about being bi because she like just came out as bisexual and they made this video where her mom was asking her like questions that people might have 
about bisexuality if you aren't familiar with it. So I remember watching that and first of all, she and her mom are so funny and such a good pair on camera. So it was entertaining, it was educational, it was important to watch. So now Georgia creates content about bisexuality, about her love life. She has a girlfriend in New York and about other types of sexualities as well. Like her sister just came out as trans. So they just had a video about coming out as trans and that journey and kind of like how that unfolded in their family. So it's really awesome. Her content is just like a breath of fresh air because like I mentioned, YouTube can be so saturated these days and you just kind of like post things to... uh, do well I guess like like sometimes it can feel it can feel super surfacey so it's great to see somebody that is still posting such raw and real things and that really does make the biggest difference in my mind as a viewer and someone that wants to subscribe so Georgia Bridgers wonderful content we love her she's amazing and she's so funny okay now I have a list of some guys that I follow who are gay and um I didn't necessarily like follow all of these people because of their sexuality, but I did want to mention them as well because I did want to make this list of LGBTQ YouTubers as inclusive as I could. So I went back through my subscriptions and really tried to think about who I could include in this list because like I said, I don't like follow them because they're gay necessarily. I just follow them because I like their content and some of them happen to be gay. So. Number one on my list is Chris Clemens. I'm sure you've heard of him. He has over like a million subscribers. He's so funny. He's been kind of like thriving on YouTube for a while now. So um, he he has such great videos on so many different topics. And I don't know because I haven't really been watching his videos for more than maybe like two years non-stop you know like I think I've been subscribed longer but now I I watch every single video he posts so I don't know if in the past he has more videos specifically on the topic of sexuality but he does mention a lot that he's gay and it does come up in certain topics so he is a great guy to follow he does a lot of videos where he like gets high and then tries things or gets high and watches twilight like he's really funny so that's wonderful his roommate Andrew Lau I love Andrew. Did I say Andrew or And? I feel like I said his name wrong, but I was talking really fast. Um, Andrew is so funny and he's somebody that I discovered back in high school on the more like comedy side of YouTube because he would create these hilarious videos back when he was also in high school. I think he's a little bit younger than me. Um, And even though I don't remember when he had a coming out video, but I know he did. So They're open about it, but his content for the most part is like cooking videos and trying different things videos, not really like about being gay necessarily, but he is also gay and I love his content. He's so funny. Drew Mack, spelled D, well, at least on Instagram. I don't know if he actually spells his name like this on YouTube. I should double check. D-R-U-M-A-Q. He used to be a... Actually, I should just check in on his channel because I don't know. But he, I feel like he used to be more dedicated on YouTube back in like 2016. So I don't know how active he is now, but his Instagram's popping. So I know he's also gay and I think he made some videos on that. I, I don't know. I just, when I was making this list, I just knew I was writing down all these guys that I follow and like. 
But now that I think about it, I'm not really sure if he still makes videos constantly. But his Instagram's great, so you can follow him on there. He's really funny. He, I found him through Claudia Saluski back when, did they live together or were they just friends? I think they might have been roommates for like a year in the house. But yeah, so he's from like that group of friends that I followed on YouTube. And then of course, like again, the king of YouTube himself, Connor Franta. We all know and love him. I've been there for him since he was also a very young child on the internet and he's so talented and creative and again a breath of fresh air and he's always so honest and real and sweet and kind. Oh my gosh, I could never run out of nice things to say about this boy because he is so inspirational and wonderful and motivating. He's also from Minnesota, so I feel that connection with him because I'm also from Minnesota. So when he mentions like the college that he went to or his hometown, I feel like I know it because I do. And I know people that went to his college and have said like, oh yeah, like there was a YouTuber that went here for a few years. And it's, it's so great to feel connected to somebody that you look up to. So Connor Franta has so many wonderful videos on so many different movements and topics and important things that you should check up on, like your check your facts up on. Oh my gosh, can I speak? To to um to watch. <laughs> and he also has two books, A Work in Progress and A Note to Self or Note to Self. I've read both of them. They're both wonderful and A Work in Progress is his memoir memoir. Why can I not? Memoir. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm I'm becoming unraveled. I'm losing it. But his first book, an autobiography. <laughs> uh, he has a few chapters on coming out and his journey to identifying as gay and his journey through sexuality and kind of realizing that he was gay. So I also recommend reading that, watching his videos. He's so sweet and I love him so much. So, yeah, that is everyone that I have written down on my list um, for favorite YouTubers that identify as LGBTQ. So, I hope that this helps, and I hope that you've either made some notes or looked some people up, because all of them are wonderful creators. Like, sexuality aside, like, even if that wasn't what I'm talking about today, I mean, like, I would still recommend them because I love their content and who they are so much, and I want them to be successful and grow and gain supporters, so definitely check out everything that I've mentioned if you want, um, and maybe you'll find your, like, next favorite YouTuber or TikToker or Instagram account, <laughs> so I have, yeah, I think I covered most of everything I wanted to talk about on these mini sticky notes that I've scrambled around my office desk. And yeah, I mean, thank you so much for listening. I feel like this was a longer episode than normal, so I hope you don't mind. There's just so much to say, and I don't know. I have like a few random things left on these sticky notes, which is why I kind of had some long pauses, because I was wondering if I should mention them, but they seem so sporadic and like not as serious as everything else that I mentioned. So... Okay, I will because it's kind of light and it's like my own theory. So I guess I'll end this episode with a little theory for you. But, um, and take this like lightly because I don't want to like offend anybody and it's just supposed to be kind of like a fun theory. But I have this theory that all Geminis are gay or at least like a little gay because we are the twins. We're 
dual sided. Um, we were two sided at least, and I, I already feel connected to my role as a Gemini because I do feel like I have at least two personalities. And yes, I am bipolar, so I have that role as well, which. I always wonder, like, if I still would feel bipolar and, like, be diagnosed with that if I wasn't a Gemini. <laughs> but aren't all Geminis gay? Because we have two sides and, like, it just kind of fits with who we are. And to get more into that, like, Rebecca Black, Andrea Russett, like, some other Geminis that I know in real life that aren't out or, like, other creators, if you think about it, there are so... Or Alexis Gisal, like, there are so many Geminis that are gay, so just a thought, but I'm pretty sure all Geminis are a little gay. <laughs> and if you really think about it too, I think it's very common for Aquariuses to be gay as well, or mostly I've, okay, I've met a lot of lesbian Aquariuses or Aquariuses that identify as being lesbian or like girls. And my moon and rising are Aquarius, so I don't know, I'm just saying, not saying I'm a lesbian, but I always think about zodiac signs like in terms of everything so thinking about sexuality and some of these people that I watch on YouTube that are Geminis I'm like wow there are so many Geminis that are gay and then it makes sense in my mind so I don't know just a fun little theory it was also interesting because Shannon and Cammie that one couple I mentioned they're both Pisces and Pisces are like little fish that like to swim upstream and kind of go against the current but are also like I don't know. I like Pisces a lot. And again, Pisces, I think, is a very common sign for people that identify as LGBTQ. So maybe deep dive on your own. Think about it. Let me know if this is just something totally unrelated and I just shouldn't even be making this claim. But I just had that little theory and I don't know. I think like Geminis specifically and then Aquarius and Pisces are very common signs for this. But let me know because... <laughs> It's not serious. It's just a fun little zodiac theory that I have going, but yeah. So that's all that I have in today's episode, but thank you so much for listening. Wow, I feel so much better now that I've recorded this. Like I said, my brain was just overflowing with things to say, and whew, I feel like I can finally enjoy my weekend now because I had such a urgency to record this. So thank you so much for listening and please let me know if you enjoyed this. I do not want you ever to feel like this is just a, a boxed heterosexual podcast. And I know people have also mentioned like open relationships and stuff like that. So I want to get into that maybe more. I don't have as much knowledge or experience with that, but I will find a way to incorporate that into this podcast as well. But I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast and leave a five-star review. It really helps. Guys, I haven't checked my reviews on Apple Podcasts since like March because I had one like bad one-star review. It was just one star. So they didn't leave like a reason why, but it scared me so much that I don't check now. But please... In case I do crack and check, please leave a five-star review. It would mean so much. And I love everyone that is listening. So definitely subscribe. Follow the podcast Instagram, breakingup underscore pod. Um, you can become a listener supporter as well. I always forget to mention this, but I have a listener supporter thing set up. So if you like this podcast and you want to show more support, you can sign up to become a monthly supporter that is linked in the description of this episode along with everything else that you may need to find. 
But again, thank you. Have a wonderful week. And I will see you guys next week with a fun episode with a fun guest and friend. So fingers crossed. I haven't recorded it yet, but we have plans this week to record it. And I'll share that with you next Thursday. So, all right. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week. Bye. Real quick before I end this episode, I am hopping on a few days later because I realized that I did make a mistake when I was describing a favorite YouTuber of mine. Also, ignore the quality. Windows are open. I'm using my MacBook's microphone right now. But when I was talking about Georgia Bridgers and her sibling, I said that her sibling recently came out as trans. That was just a slip of the tongue, and I realized this after I, um, at like, posted the episode, so that's why I have to add audio later. Her sibling came out as non-binary, not trans. My mistake, um, I think I was just rambling and I knew, thinking back on it, that I said the wrong term. Um, So my apologies. I hope you'll forgive me. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. If you want to get involved, have feedback, or perhaps your own story you'd like to share, please email me at breakingupwithmikayla at gmail.com, or you can reach out to any of my social media and send me a DM. I'm always looking for future guests, so if you want to save your story for an episode to guest star on, be sure to mention that in your message as well. Don't forget to leave five stars, subscribe, and have a nice day.